The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Spokesmen are at the podium at the Pentagon answering questions about the escalating embarrassment and unfolding tragedy at Kabul airport in Afghanistan. Uh, We will keep you abreast of the latest details, uh, reflect on what is uh, a growing look into how incompetent this Biden administration is uh, on all levels, operational, intelligence, public relations, uh, and that's important. Uh, We'll also delve into some local headlines today on a Thursday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Uh, Ohio State President Christina Johnson is getting a raise, and people on the south side of Columbus are digging out from as much as seven inches of rain. Uh, But we start with, and of course, COVID, 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 COVID. Uh, We start with Afghanistan, which... I think the remarkable thing about this crisis, this humiliation, this degradation of America's image as the dominant superpower in the world is what Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby just said about five minutes ago. He was asked by a reporter if we would require, and I quote, Taliban acquiescence to stay beyond our announced August 31st withdrawal from Afghanistan. Let's say there are thousands still of translators and Afghan citizens who helped our military from an intelligence perspective during their 20 years in Afghanistan that they want to get out and they're not out yet. Or let's say there are actual American citizens, contractors, other people who are there who want to get out but can't get to the airport because our military leaders, Mark Milley and Lloyd Austin, made clear yesterday, while we control a portion of the airport, a portion, we do not, A, have the capacity to go get people and bring them safely to the airport, nor do we have any authority at all or ability to keep safe People, when they are accosted on the way to the airport, can't do either. But if you can get there, you know, I mean, maybe Captain James T. Kirk and uh, First Officer Scotty left one of the Star Trek transporters around. And if you're stuck in uh, Afghanistan and, boy, I really don't want to try to navigate that gauntlet of the Taliban there with their, holy cow, that that looks like a U.S. military weapon. Oh, it is. Oh, it is a U.S. military weapon. They picked it up at the going out of business sale at the U.S. military base 20 miles outside of Kabul, which we controlled, which we abandoned because we thought it'd be a better idea to try to fly people back to safety out of an airport in the center of town. 
No, Bagram Air Force Base. Who would need that? Okay, I digress. So back to John Kirby and the startling admission he made. Will we require Taliban acquiescence to get people out of Afghanistan who want out of Afghanistan? And here is what he said. Here is what he said. I think it is the fundamental fact of the reality of where we are. So, the fundamental fact of the reality of where we are is that we will need permission from the Taliban to stay in Afghanistan to rescue American citizens or Afghanis who helped us and to whom American military personnel have a great deal of loyalty and investment because, oh yeah, they helped me stay alive while I served there. The nation's superpower, the country that collected ourselves, steeled ourselves, and resolved to avenge the deaths of approximately 3,000 American citizens, not military personnel, not people who had enlisted to fight a war of any sort, but moms and dads and daughters and sons and aunts and uncles and grandpas and grandmas and children who greeted a beautiful, bright, sunny September day in New York City and the Pentagon and in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, where a flight ended, interrupting what was supposed to be a smooth trip to wherever Flight 93 was headed. Those are the people who were murdered. And we now need the permission of 8th century barbarians to stay in the country that we dominated and ruled for two decades because Joe Biden decided that I don't care what the military tells me and I don't care what the nature of the Taliban and their bloodlust and disrespect for women tells me. I'm smarter than everyone else and I'm going to get us out of there. The fundamental fact of the reality of where we are is that we need the Taliban's permission to stay. You know, I used to get a chuckle out of the country star Toby Keith when he'd do a live version of his song about the Taliban. How utterly helpless they were against the strength and might of the American military. I liked the song that he wrote right after 9-11, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. Because that's what I wanted. I wanted the people who murdered our citizens to pay for that. And 20 years later, after winning the war on terror, we've managed to hand the Taliban a rallying point that will unify terrorists around the world to stream into Afghanistan. 
where they will be funded by, you know, if not China, if not Russia, who, by the way, are both remarkably stronger and more emboldened and more capable in their effort to defeat us overtly and covertly now than they were 20 years ago. If the Taliban is not funded by Russia and China, you know who else it could very easily be funded by? Well, yeah, it could be funded by Iran with all the cash that Obama gave them. I'm thinking it could be funded by us. Either by the sale of the military weapons that we left behind. I think China might like to get its eyes on those, find out about our military technology. think Vladimir Putin might have an interest in a U.S. Army attack helicopter or a drone. Yeah, maybe. Or since Obama gave Iran piles and piles of cash, is it beyond Joe Biden, whose only reason for living was to become U.S. president so he could have the crowning achievement, the cherry atop his political Sunday of the nation's highest office? Is it beyond the possibility that Joe Biden will pay the Taliban money? to get American citizens out, because after all, the fundamental reality, the fundamental fact of the reality of where we are, according to Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby, is that we will require Taliban acquiescence to remain in that country two more weeks to get our people out. You pay ransom to get hostages free. It's not a good idea. Sometimes it's the only way. And we are now looking, ladies and gentlemen, at far and away by the admission of our highest military officers, Mark Milley and Lloyd Austin, and their official spokesman, John Kirby. We are now looking at what is unmistakably, though we could plan for it. Most kidnappings are, oh, gee, surprise. No, 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 no. We had years to plan this exit. And instead, we have planned both the largest hostage crisis in American history and we have managed to craft an exit strategy that funnels everyone the Taliban would like to inspect and perhaps kill right to their doorstep in an effort to get to the Kabul airport to perhaps get out. We have fashioned both the largest hostage crisis in American history and established the largest killing field for an enemy who hates us in the recorded history of the world. Build back better, indeed. So optically, this is an epic disaster all over the world, in our country. I didn't think, first of all, operationally, I thought, well, late last week, you know, they'll certainly get their stuff together. 
and they'll bolster the airport and we'll get our people out and you know, it won't look good, but it won't look this bad. Well, it got worse Sunday, then it got worse Monday, then it got worse Tuesday, and then it got worse yesterday where Joe Biden finally spoke on Monday. He was shamed into speaking, took no questions, left the press conference. He looks weak. He looks clueless. He's lying. Everyone knows it. He acts as if he was penned into a deal he couldn't get out of, except, you know, he couldn't wait to drain three or four pens of their ink, signing executive orders, undoing everything Donald Trump had done during his four years as presidency. I was critical of Trump announcing his withdrawal. It was blasted by Mitch McConnell, by others. I don't believe Donald Trump would have withdrawn from Afghanistan. He certainly wouldn't have withdrawn in this fashion. But that really doesn't matter. It sounds like a frequent, you know, easy complaint of, you know, well, our guy wouldn't have done that. And it's easy to do demo. I've said before, any idiot can wield a crowbar. It takes talent to actually construct something and do it well, sturdy, formidable, lasting. Joe Biden could have certainly undone any deal. Remember? Remember the Paris Climate Accords? Oh, did Donald Trump say, well, you know, I'd like to get out of that, but yeah, I can't because, you know, Obama, we promised. Uh, remember the uh, deal that Obama cut with uh, the Iranians? Trump junked that. Remember the Keystone XL pipeline? Biden junked that. Remember the southern border policies and it kept us safe? Yeah, Biden junked that. So this is just another failure of Joe Biden. He's failed on the southern border. He's failed with inflation. He's failed with gas prices. And not only has he failed, it's one thing to fail. It's another thing to be at the mercy of your enemies. We gave Vladimir Putin a list of companies not to allow his hackers to hack. Yeah, I know you got our uh, gas on the East Coast there, Vlad, but Okay, and the, and and the, one of the big meat suppliers too. But here, don't don't touch our electrical grid. Uh, we killed our domestic energy production and energy independence. So we asked OPEC nicely, could you guys produce more oil, please, so our gas prices wouldn't be a dollar a gallon higher than they were when Donald Trump was president? Because it's really making me look bad. We sent, first of all, <laughs> don't overlook the obvious mistake of putting Kamala Harris in charge of the southern border and then sending her to uh, not El Paso, Guatemala to fix the southern border because, you know, it's uh, climate change. Kamala was going to go down there and, I don't know, fire up the air conditioners in Guatemala or something. Now Kamala, by the way, is on her way to, I'm not kidding, Vietnam to take care of this crisis. Presumably, I I guess, Kamala is on her way to Vietnam to massage, reconstitute, remodel, repurpose our ignominious exit from Saigon in 1975. That way, you know, we won't have anything to compare this abject failure to. Saigon. Here we go. This is Saigon on steroids. Oh, no, Kamala's going to go over there. She's going to fix whatever happened 
46 years ago in Saigon. We can get that under control. So we can't <laughs> compare it. We don't have a comparison for this. And then yesterday, the day that Jen Psaki said the president would be returning from his vacation, where he's watching Matlock and Card Sharks on the big TV in the room with all of his friends sitting around him, all the people who believe in his ability as a leader, which would be no one. Yesterday, Joe Biden did not talk about Afghanistan at his remarks at the White House, where he again turned tail and ran like the coward that he is. He sat down with George Stephanopoulos. Oh boy, former Clinton hack. Here's a piece of that interview. When you look at what's happened over the last week, was it a failure of intelligence, planning, execution, or judgment? Look, I don't think it was a failure. Look, it was a simple choice, George. When the, when the Taliban, uh, let me back it, put it another way. When you had the government of Afghanistan, the leader of that government, getting in a plane and taking off and going to another country, when you saw the significant collapse of the, of the uh, Afghan troops we had trained, up to 300,000 of them, just leaving their equipment and, and, and taking off. That was, you know, I'm not, this, is, is that, that's what happened. That's simply what happened. Okay. So it's the president's fault. It's just that, it's not, not me, not me. No, no, no. It's the Afghan president's fault. And those, the Afghan military, which by the way, the Afghan military has suffered, the number I heard is 50,000 casualties fighting against the Taliban. We've suffered our last combat casualty among our small amount of troops in Afghanistan, our 2,500 to 3,500 in February of 2020. So, of course, Joe Biden wouldn't understand the necessity of leaving the American military there to lead and inspire Afghan freedom fighters because he doesn't know how to lead or inspire. This was just supposed to be a victory lap for him. I got to hide in the Senate for 40 years. I got to hide in the vice president's house for eight years. I got to hide on the campaign trail. What do you mean? You mean I'm president? I got to lead? I got to make prudent decisions? That's not what I do. I'm Joe Biden.